This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 89, Submission 202, Learning the Ropes. Learning the Ropes aired on CTV in Canada and in syndication in the United States from September 18th, 1988 to March 31st, 1989. Now, the number of episodes, um, truth by consensus, Wikipedia says 26 episodes, but one episode guide we have is 24. So somewhere in the range of 24 to 26 episodes. Meet Robert Randall, hardworking teacher. This sort of viciousness shouldn't be allowed. This is professional wrestling. Dedicated vice principal. And devoted father, who moonlights as a professional wrestler. My father's an animal. This is my other job, and these are my friends. But you both got to keep this a secret. In our hopes to the ground, but we can work it out. Cause giving in is both so hard, but love is at stake. Where there's a will, there's a way. Now if we only knew how, learning to love, learning to love, learning to fight through these tears, bring us closer together. I know it sounds like Kate and Nelly, but it's really macho, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, it sounds like Kate and Nelly. Well, Chico, the 1980s, we've we talked about it in previous installment tag team, but professional wrestling in the 1980s was big on television. That was the chef's kiss of yeah, the era. It was. Late, I, late 80s, early 90s. Yep. I mean, you had you had the WWF running rough shot over the television world, but you also had a little company that was at the time in the mid '80s, based in your neck of the woods, Chico, in Charlotte, North Carolina, Jim Crockett Promotions, and they ended up buying the the coveted 6:05 Saturday afternoon time slot on the old superstation WTBS around 1985 from Vince McMahon, which we'll cover in a future installment about the time that WWF was on WTBS. But 1985, Jim Crockett Promotions, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, they ended up buying the time slot. And soon enough, at 6.05 on Saturdays on the Superstation, you had your Ric Flair's, you had your Dusty Rhodes, you had your Tully Blanchard's, your Arn Anderson's, you had your Rock and Roll Expresses, your Midnight Expresses, you had your Road Warriors. Oh, it was just a fun time to watch television on a oh, Saturday. Oh, but yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, what I love is that end 
Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling live from Dorton Arena. Uh, live from Dorton Arena. It wasn't on Dorton. And when it wasn't in Dorton Arena, it was in the studios of the Big Five. If you're in Raleigh Durham, you know the Big Five. You know they were all about wrestling back in the day. You know for for a moment they're still all about wrestling. They're very, you know. Oh yeah, they'll have like an indie show being like, "Oh yeah, here, here, watch, uh, watch the Rock and Roll Express face the Midnight Express for like the eighty thousandth time," and it'll be like, "Okay, you pack two thousand people in the building." Or yeah, so again, that was big. That was big business back in the day, and uh, in the eighties and late eighties, early nineties. both uh, promotions and stars were looking to expand upon the uh, brands, if you would, you know, right before the WWE came and snatched everything up. That is sort of the the genesis of this show. Yes. Learning the ropes. Now this was a, this was a, uh, this was a Canadian produced sitcom. Mm hmm. and, and, the, and the plot is rather simple. You have a single dad of two who's trying to make ends meet as a teacher and, in secret, a professional jobber. Yeah. He has to keep the kayfabe. He has to keep the kayfabe. When he, when he has to keep the kayfabe when he's on TV wearing a mask. Otherwise, perfectly normal life. Yeah, it's a good thing he's wearing a mask because nobody can see uh, his face, and no, and and he better not show his face, or else he's going to lose his job as a teacher. Oh yeah, because I don't know because the because the principal is a vindictive little mother. Oh, sorry. Yeah, principal's not going to like that. Doesn't approve. Doesn't approve of uh of the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so who who do we got uh, playing the lead role of the title wrestler, the masked maniac? Wait, are we talking about who do we have playing the masked maniac, or who do we have playing? Well, the the teacher. Yeah, the teacher. Okay, so we have Lyle Alzado, former football great, former Cleveland Brown Mike. Yes, he was back in the. Late seventies and early eighties. Although now, although he is known as a legend in Oakland, well, he was a legend in Los Angeles, but then they moved to Oakland, so he's a legend in it. Nope, he's a legend in Las Vegas because I forgot they moved to Las Vegas. And and a legend in Denver because he was on the Orange Crush when Denver faced Dallas in the one Super Bowl in the seventies when they had Craig Morton at QB. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. So he so. So he is uh, Robert Randall, mild-mannered teacher, educator, molder of minds, not unlike my friend Mike here. Thank you. Okay. But uh, he is also a single father because uh, the wifey is out in London earning her PhD. So he has to make ends meet. So how does he do, how does he do this? By donning a mask and a black onesie and becoming... The masked maniac. Yeah, and I, I don't know how he how he got the job as wrestler. Has he? I'm wondering. Has Robert Randall been doing this like 
full time. He's been doing this for a while because it's one of those things that's never explained during the course of the series. But uh, again, the first scene of the series that is not Ivan Koloff being thrown about like a ragdoll by some jobber, the, the Soviet son of a bitch. Yeah, there's a reason why Nikita defected. <laughs> no, it's uh, Robert and three wrestlers, or actually Robert and two wrestlers and his friend playing poker. Yep. And of course the friend, he's he is sworn to secrecy. Obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, like you said, gotta keep the kayfabe down low. Yep. And um, so, so uh, you have Robert as the masked as the masked maniac. But interesting thing, once he puts on the mask, it almost becomes like Power Rangers or Spider Man because that's not him wrestling in the ring. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's uh, it's. Dr. Def Steve Williams playing the stunt double for the Mask Maniac. By the way, Dr. Def Steve Williams, we'll talk, who we already talked about in Herbie from UWF, and we'll talk about again in future installment, the WWF Brawl for All. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Getting knocked out by Bart Gun. Only way to live, Greg. No. Only way to live. And we should mention uh, regarding Dr. Def. Uh, during the filming of this show, he actually sustained some real injuries, including a blown knee and a cut that needed 39 stitches. And uh, Dr. Death referred to his pay from uh, doing this show as the most painful $2,000 that he ever earned. $2,000? Uh, that's like, that's under $100 an episode. Dang, Canada's cheap. Hey, hey, dang, Jim Crockett's cheap. There you go. Because, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that a bit later when we get to the end. But, uh, yeah, spoilers on that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so who are the kids that Robert is the father to? Well, one of them is Mark, Mark Randall, who is played by a young Canadian actor by the name of Yannick Besson, which you may remember from such gems as High Tide, where he started with Rick Springfield as, uh, what were they? Hired Guns, Renegades, Private Eyes? Sure. I mean, all three. It's no, uh, what was that? What was that show with G Gordon Liddy Mike? 18, oh, 18 Wheels of Justice, I think it was called. Oh, for the love. Yeah, I think, uh, well, 18 Wheels of Justice is definitely a show. Yeah, I think that's the one with G Gordon Liddy, yes. Okay. Now, nowadays, you can find him on Murdoch Mysteries if you know where to look because. I don't know where to look. Is it a PBS? Uh, is that a PBS thing? It was made for ITV Studios, I think. So, uh, but also it airs in Canada on CBC. Oh, okay. But but also, I'm surprised you didn't mention what else you may have seen him on. Well, at What's least for our friends north of the border, The Adventures of Napkin Man. Don't ask. <laughs> don't what? worry. What in the hell is that? 
Uh, Greg, he just said not to ask. Uh, it was a show uh, that apparently was on CBC Kids. Was he Napkin Man? Uh, no, he, I believe, was the teacher of the kids. And, uh, okay. Uh, he helps his students learn about emotions with stories about a superhero, Napkin Man, drawn on a napkin. And this got three seasons. <laughs> wow. Oh my 60 God. episodes, apparently, if you believe IMDb. 60 episodes of a, of a napkin drawing. 60 12-minute episodes. It looks like it was a cartoon. Oh. Well, yeah, it was drawn on a napkin, so there you go. My God. And I'm surprised Greg is not adding it to the list as we speak. You're going to add it. Oh, okay, if I have to. Napkin man. <laughs> D- done like Trojan man. Oh, for fuck's sake, you ought to feel bad. I ought to. I don't. Anyway. So. Oh, for the love of God, Mike. He just. I, he just I just showed. linked it. I, di- I didn't put it as an entry. I just linked it. Okay. All right. So the other child. Ellen Randall, played by Nicole Stoffman, who, if you're a big fan of Degrassi High, and we're talking not not Drake Degrassi, we're talking about old school. Well, that's old a sh- OG Degrassi, baby. Uh, oh, that's a shame because the only Degrassi I recognize is the one that is wheelchair Jimmy. Okay, yeah, he she played Stephanie from 1987 to 1988. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's that's pretty much the uh, only. Oh wait, she was on one episode of FX the series. Yeah, that that was also a thing on TV. In fact, I'm gonna put. Let me put that on the list right now. I forgot about FX the series. FX the series, not the network. The series based on the movie with Brian Dennehy. Yeah, if and if you remember the movie with Brian Dennehy on it. You're better than I am. Didn't it have a sequel? Yes, it did. My God. Now, aside from being a career man and a very learned educator and molder of minds, he was also a ladies' man. Or, you know. Woo! Because uh, one of the teachers, one of the teachers... A lady by the name of Carol Dixon has her eye set on Robert Randall while, you know, the wife is away in London earning her PhD. She's played by Cheryl Wilson. She made the rounds as that woman from that thing on Canadian television syndicated to the U.S. But, of course, she did play the admissions counselor on... The original, Mother May I Sleep with Danger. Oh. I want to... S- is that on the list? Is Mother I, May I Sleep with Danger on the list? I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look real quick. Isn't that like a famous TV movie? Yes. Didn't Family Guy make fun of that? Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about the that. original and the remake. Of Mother May I Sleep with Danger. <laughs> Cheryl Wilson was also in Street Justice and future installments. Are you ready for this? Okay. Power Pack. I don't even know what that is. 
Uh, it was a pilot based on the Marvel comic. Okay. Was this... When was this? 1991. Okay. So Back when like... everybody was doing... Everyone was doing a superhero TV show in 1991. Okay, this would be like no one... Nobody knows. This is like... This is like obviously pre... Like superhero movies all the time, so nobody knows who the hell these Marvel characters are in 1991 outside of comic right. book readers. Right. Yeah. Everybody was trying to make that Incredible Hulk dollar. Yeah. Ten years after the Incredible Hulk. And one of uh, Robert's friends is a man by the name of Dr. Jerry Larson, who is a teacher played by Barry Stevens, who's known more or less as a producer now, or producer and a director nowadays. Oh, that's good. So he's the Canadian Jamie Widows. Yes. Yes, he is. Folks, that is three consecutive episodes I've worked on reference to Jamie Widows on this podcast. You go, Greg. Yeah. And and then there's, of course, the the Bane of Robert's existence, and oh. that is Principal Whitcomb Mallory, the, princi- the principal of Ridgeway Preparatory. Even the name sounds like he should be a douchebag. Yeah, that is a total douchebag name for a principal. What a terrible And guess name. what, guys? Just like a lot of uh, people last week, this was the only show he ever starred on a regular basis. Oh. Um, yeah. Although there is uh, one more who sort of is sort of a supporting character, but is not exactly a full cast member, and that's Gordon Michael Wolvett, who you know as Seamus Harper on Gene Ronberry's Andromeda. That's that's your second wings. Yeah, that, that's my second. No, no, that's not my second wings. It's just a, it's it's a show. It's a TV show. It has its own network on Pluto and... Wait, wait, hold up. Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda has its own channel on Pluto. Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda has its own channel on Pluto. Why? Why does it have its own channel on Pluto? Because people like Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. So you have everybody who is in this... uh, little circle that Robert Randall has sort of woven for himself by juggling his double life. Yep. It's he, he tells his kids, this is, this is his job. These are his friends, but you have to keep it a secret. Yep. Point blank. It's like, this is the job. These are my coworkers, but nobody has, nobody needs to know about this. Yep. You got to keep it down. Keep it down low because they find out I'm a wrestler. You know, I, I lose my teaching job because it's, lose- not, it's not like he's going to make the big money because he's because, you know, he's a jobber. He, he's, he, yeah. And he's, he's also a teacher. So, yeah, he's got to make lo- that teacher that- money. It's not like he's going to make Ric Flair money. I don't make no Ric Flair money. He's a jo- he don't make no Ric Flair money. He's a jobber. He's lucky if he makes the two thousand dollars that Doctor Death does every episode. Yeah, he he's he's lucky if he if he's lucky if he goes to the uh, to quote Dusty Rhodes the pay window if he wins a match. 
He probably makes more in the ring than he does in the in the uh, in his classroom. Maybe. Hence, he needs the two jobs. Yeah. Because he's a single father. Yeah. Of two teenagers. Two kids. Two kids. Two teenagers. Not just two kids. Two teenagers. Two teenagers in 1988, folks. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he's make. It's not like he's making tenure. <laughs> tenure in 1988. You're crazy. Yeah. Speaking of crazy, what sort of hijinks does this uh, family and friends and coworkers get themselves into? I wonder. Well, we're gonna go. We're gonna go look at this episode guide, and it, it took me a long while, but I did find an episode guide. Yeah, from uh, from, t- from a s- TVarchive.ca. I got a capture from like March thirteenth, twenty sixteen. So th- thank you, thank you, Wikipedia, for leading me down the road to finally finding an episode guide for this. And and I'll tell you right now, uh, thanks to the to the. Uh... I want to say Newfoundland and Labrador Wrestling Archive or the NL Wrestling Archive on YouTube. They have the episodes. Yeah, most of them. You can watch them on YouTube if you want. Oh, yeah. Um, Of course, we're not going to force you to because it it takes a bit of doing. Yeah. You got to actually put the work into finding it. Yeah. Uh, and even if you put the work into finding it, it's like, okay, do you really want to... Uh... Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. First episode, Unmasking the Masked Maniac. Robert's romantic relationship with a co-worker is threatened because he's too afraid to tell her about his alter ego. Robert's son finds a hood worn by wrestling star the Masked Maniac in the hall closet, and the children discover that he's moonlighting as a professional wrestler. Oh. And again, this is one of those, this is my job, these are my coworkers, but nobody needs to know about this. Yep. Episode two, Like Father, Like Son. Wasn't that a movie starring Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron? Yes. Yes, it, yes, was. it was. Yeah, we'll cover that on It Was a Thing on the, at the Movies in 2025. When Mark loses the girl of his dreams to a football hero, Robert consoles his son by explaining what it was like when their mother left. Well, doesn't that always suck? You want to get that girl at the prom, but nope. She's with some douchebag. Yep. We've all been there, folks. All been there. Uh Yeah, we have. Yeah. Episode 3, Express Lane to Fame. Mark's decision to quit school and pursue a career in music leaves his relationship with his father down for the two count. I see what they did there. Yeah. My God, whoever whoever put whoever wrote that description to to TV Guide, oh, you're you're no. a credit. You're a credit to something. Yeah. Not quite sure what, but you're a credit to something. Episode four, Requiem for a Maniac. Robert decides to leave the ring for good when he seriously injures an opponent. 
Oh, this is our very special episode. Oh, no. Yeah. At uh, least we didn't kill the guy. Hey, how do we know it's a guy? How do we not know from future installment pro <laughs> pro wrestling's greatest secrets from NBC in 1999 that he injured a stunt granny? Uh, that sounds painful. Yeah, we'll we'll get, we'll eventually get to, to the NBC Pro Wrestling's Greatest Secrets Exposed yeah. Special, which there is na- which is narrated for some reason by Nick Bakai. because he has that voice. Oh, and speaking of because he has that voice, uh, playing themselves in this episode, Jimmy Garvin, Precious, and Tully Blanchard. Yeah. This was this was October 1988, so this was probably around the time like him and Arn Anderson had already left for the WWF as the Brainbusters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that that I'm sure that was great for the NWA. Oh, of course. Pr- promote a guy who's now with another company, your main rival. Oh, but episode episode five, uh, who shows up? Okay, episode five, the homecoming. Robert gets the mumps just as his wife Anne is due for a visit. Oh no. The mumps. Not the mumps. Was the mumps a big thing in 19 19- Yeah, that's going to be covered in our Patreon spin-off podcast. It was a thing in epidemiology. Mike was was uh mumps a big thing in 1988. I was 4 years old so I wouldn't know. I was 8 and I never had the mumps. Don't drag me into this. <laughs> you know who was dragged into this? I could tell you. I could tell you the principal was dragged into the uh, locker room. Yeah, he was. But, but in epi- episode five, uh, we talked about him in previous installment, episode ten. Larry Zabisco. So you know <laughs> what that means. Somebody get me a banana. <laughs> Yep. I hope so. You know what? You know what Bray Zabisco probably said on the set of Learning the Ropes? Somebody get me a banana. You're damn right he said somebody get me a banana. He's the freaking living legend, Larry Zabisco. Somebody get him a banana. By, oh, the, way, by the way, I should oh. probably mention uh, one, of, uh, one of the uh, co workers, one of Robert's co workers in the ring, a guy by the name of Cheetah. Who is played by Jefferson Mappin? I don't know who that guy. Yeah, I don't know what that guy is. But he he wore his thing is he wore a cheetah skin, obviously. And yeah, uh, he's been in a lot of Canadian stuff. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, the, the only ser- the honestly the only series that I recognize him from. Uh, actually, there's two. Maniac Mansion, he played a cable technician on an episode. But also, he appeared on three episodes of the early 90s reality show, Top Cops. Okay. I remember that. I, I, I remember Top Cops. That was one of my favorite shows back in the day. But also, just as a sort of running gag, he also appeared on an episode of Hanging In. And yes, anytime we talk about a Canadian show, we're going to mention if they were on Hanging In or not. Either he hang- was not hanging in. Either hanging in or corner gas. Yeah, Lance Storm, that was for you. We mentioned corner gas. 
Uh, we like corner gas. Yeah. Corner gas is, we like corner gas. Corner, or, corner gas our, is awesome. Our friend Dane loves corner gas. Hey, Dane. <laughs> Hi, Dane. Uh, okay, so we were talking about the homecoming and his wife, Anne, oh, who, no. if I can... Oh, yeah, but yeah, his his wife's Anne's coming for a visit. By the way, his wife, Anne, is played by... It doesn't say. No, it's nobody, because she doesn't... Because, spoilers, she doesn't show up. She's she's uh, basically Maris from yeah, Frasier. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She's Maris from Frasier. She's talked about, but you never see her. Which is kind of a cop-out if you think about it. Yeah, it is. Okay, so episode six now is three little words. Mark looks to the wrestling ring for career day speakers while Ellen befriends a new boy at school who mistakenly interprets her overtures as something more than simple friendship. Because, hey, we've all been there, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Episode 7, Teacher's Pet Peeve. Mark promises his classmates that biology will be a snap when Robert fills in as a substitute teacher, but then Mark gets suspended. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh. Oh, oh, God, oh, well. This This is when Mark learns... You shouldn't be that guy just because you're that teacher's son. Yeah. Because you know as well as I do that he could kick your ass if he wants to. probably could. Yeah. Uh, Episode 8. Rob and Carol and Hawk and Animal. Carol tries to make Robert jealous by dating a couple of smashing young men. The Road Warriors. <laughs> oh, of course, because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what you want to bring on a date, Hawk and Animal from the Road oh, Warriors. I've never heard them called smashing young men before. Oh, they're smashing young men. Oh, yeah. And by and by smashing young men, we of course mean young men who can smash. Who can smash? Not and not not in the sexual way. Not, not, in the you're wearing your outsides on you're wearing your insides on the outside sort of way. Oh yeah. Can you, can you imagine the road warriors trying to beat up on poor Doctor Death as the maniac? Uh, no, I can't. Oh God. Oh boy. Oh. Anyway, let's get to episode number nine. Is there a redneck in the house? The Randalls get an unwanted house guest, played by Dick Murdoch, hence the title, Is There a Redneck in the House? After Robert gives marital advice to a friend, Ellen runs for a student council seat. That's, that sounds like a very uh, high school-y problem. Yeah. Not the, uh, not the redneck, the uh, Ellen runs for a student council seat. Yeah. Not 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 Dick Murdoch coming into your house now, running first. No, that's just the problem. That's just a problem. That's not a high school problem. That's universal. (laughs) 
next episode with a little help from my friends. Oh, I, I like this one. Robert encounters two problems. Two. Uh, an edgy wrestling team and his defiant daughter Ellen who elects to hang out with the cool crowd and comes home drunk after a party. Yeah. And by the way, uh, one of the guest stars on this is Ron Simmons. Oh, wait. Greg, wait. educate me. Oh, Ron Simmons. Well, I got one more to say about him. Damn! But yeah, Ron Simmons. What, I mean, what a legendary wrestler in the in WCW and the WWF. Probably know him as Farouk in the WWF. But Ron Simmons was a great college football player at Florida State. I believe like his numbers retired at Florida State. And he I know he did play, I know he played a couple of seasons in the USFL with uh the Tampa Bay Bandits. Nice. Yep. Okay. Episode 11. Money talks. Robert wrestles with his conscience while deciding who wrote this. Robert wrestles with his conscience while deciding whether or not to give up his teaching position. Oh no! Oh, are they going to pay him? Are they going to pay him more to be a jobber, or is he going to the big show? What's the deal here? No, no, Chica. The big show doesn't show up in WCW <laughs> no, we- until nineteen ninety five. Yeah, I know that. Into, into when he wrestles Hulk Hogan in a sumo monster truck match on the roof of Kobo Hall. And then him and uh, a, a mummy dry hump the Hulkster in the ring. Yeah. That happened, folks. Which is not weird at all, by the way. No. There was one more person on this show, and that's Grant Cowan as Bertie Baxter. I know who he is either. No. he's probably He's probably a teacher. No, he's like the ring announcer. Oh, he's the ring announcer. My bad. He's the ring announcer. Yes. Okay. In that case, his short stature makes even more sense. Yes. Where are we at now? We're at episode 12. Robert takes a fall. Robert mistakes romance for friendship when he hits it off with the daughter of wrestler Paul Jones. Oh no. oh no! No, 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 not Paul Jones. He's gonna no. send. He's gonna send Paul Jones's army after Robert. It's not gonna end well. It's not gonna end well for Robert. No, it's not. It's 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 gonna end very badly. Uh, Robert, I'm gonna tell you right now. Run, run fast, run hard, and run in the other direction. Because Paul Jones is gonna use his his, his dirty tricks on you. Don't even try. Just run. Get the hell away. You, you don't want. You do not want to run a foul of Paul Jones. Paul it's, Paul. Like, it's it's. I mean, it's like it's like when you go to the bike shop run by Gordon Jump on different strokes. Oh no no! You, you know, have to stay no, the hell away from it. No 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 no. We're not. No, we don't talk about that. <laughs> Episode thirteen. Jerry's mom. Mark and Ellen must work together when Jerry's mother moves in. Oh, that's a, that's just terrible! Don't you just hate it when that happens? You have to, you have to, you have a problem. His mo- someone's mother comes into your house. It's not going to end well. Yeah. Just uh. Yeah. Th- uh, thanks, thanks, Jerry. And 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 it wasn't enough that he sprung his 
mother at the uh, worst possible time. Everybody basically acts like they're cool with this. I'm like, what? Are we? Everybody's cool with this. How is this even possible? Yeah, it's someone's mother. He who's now coming to your house. I like if someone's mother came came in and said, "I'm gonna live in your house for a while." What would you think? I'm calling the police. They're leaving. You're damn right. I don't care if it's your co-worker's mother. It's like, I don't want you in my house. Yeah, well, well, Mick and Ellen, they do the only thing they can possibly do at a time like this. Anything they want. All right, next episode, Mowry's Problem. Carol discovers that Whitcomb is despondent over the loss of his only friend. Um, Mike, this is going to be close to your heart. His pet cat. And convinces Robert to help him deal with the situation. But the plan backfires when Whitcomb adopts Robert as his new best friend. Oh. Oh. We can all, we can totally all, we can, we can all, you know what? That just, that just gets you right here. Hmm. Yeah. Episode 15, Mixed Emotions. Mark contemplates a monastic life after he mistakenly thinks Carol is romantically interested in him and embarrasses him trying to win her heart. Should be noted, uh, judging by the, uh, by the on-screen graphics, that this was the beginning of the back order of episodes. Yeah. That's what it had to have been. Yeah. Right, right now, everybody everybody is well-established in their roles. Mark is the wisecracker. Ellen's the comic foil. And Robert is, well, he's the masked maniac. Yeah. Next episode, Robert and Rosie. Unable to find a date, Whitcomb is reluctant to attend a banquet to receive the Principal of the Year Award. A rugged female wrestler becomes infatuated with Robert after he schools her in the art of femininity. This looks this looks like it could end so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you and and you know what? It's timely because what would be happening around this time? The rise and fall of glow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Glow would be near the end, I think. Yep, I'd say so. Oh, by the way, uh, guest stars on this episode include the Italian Stallion and David Isley. Cool. Never heard of them. (laughs) Next episode, The Lifesaver. Ellen enjoys the accolades of her friends after she revives Mark who, having been refused in advance on his allowance by Robert, gives himself a severe electric shock while trying to fix his amplifier. Ow. Jeez. I don't think any of us can relate to that. Uh, that, that, uh, that, that feels wrong. Oh, my it, God. It, it feels wrong, but also, yeah, I, I don't know much about guitars and amplifiers, but... Fixing an amplifier, is that even a common issue? Um, how can I put this? I don't know. 
Episode 18, Roomies. The volatile relationship between Bertie and Robert explodes after Bertie develops tonsillitis and Robert separates his shoulder during a wrestling match, and the two are forced to share a hospital room. Now we're diving into trope territory, I like to call it. Y'all know what trope territory is. It's where we abandon all sorts of character development and start going into tropes. Trapped in a hospital room? Yeah, that's that's a total trope. Episode 19, To Catch a Thief. Ellen has her new watch stolen during her birthday party, and Mark is forced to tell Robert that the culprit is Ellen's seemingly perfect boyfriend, Michael. More troops. Yeah, of course it was the boyfriend. Yeah. Uh huh. And of course, Robert has to be the one to. Actually, Mark has to be. Why is it always Mark for some reason? Robert's supposed to be the center of the action, but everything happens to Mark. What is this, Kirk Cameron syndrome or something? Yes. Well, I'll just tell you this. If I stole that watch, uh, I'd give it back as soon as possible and get the heck out of Dodge because I don't want Lyle Alzado coming after me. No. Uh, no. You will get torn a new one. You'll get torn several you torn new several ones. new ones. Jeez. And maybe a couple old ones. Episode 20, The Buck Stops Here. Robert attempts to prevent a wealthy wrestler from demolishing the school. I can only imagine who that wrestler is. Because mm. the episode's not on YouTube. Yeah. But it's a, oh, it's a wealthy it's a wealthy wrestler. It was probably probably Ric Flair was like, Woo! I'm gonna buy this school and I'm gonna demolish it. Woo! Get the wrecking ball ready. Woo! Yeah. Hey, hey, on Baywatch, he tries to buy a gym and turn it into condos. This is true. And we'll be covering that on Ric Flair. And we'll be covering that on a future installment of... Yeah. (laughs) Episode 21, Burger Palace Blues. Mark gets an unexpected lesson in sexual harassment after he lands a job as a waiter at the Burger Palace. Oh, no. Don't tell me that some people... From the school of of, of of look well's favors that need extra attention or oh, no. at this burger restaurant. No comments. No comment whatsoever. Episode twenty two, the Beth Patrol. Ellen suggests that Mallory appoint Beth as his student assistant. By the way, Beth, uh, for the for the for uh, those who like me have a short attention span, Beth is Ellen's best friend. She's played by Jackie Mann, and that is pretty much the only show she's. Oh wait, no, she was she played Beth on Hanging In. Oh, another person who was on Hanging In. Ladies and gentlemen, we may have a situation where we have a Hanging In universe. 
A hanging in television universe. A hanging in television. If any of our Canadian listeners are uh, are listening and want to chime in on this, just hit us up on our website, which because we have questions. We have questions. Yeah. Yeah. The, the American version of this is everything always goes back to a couple of shows like making it and Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. For our Canadian viewers, everything goes back to either definition or it goes back to hanging in. Yeah, I don't think any of these. I don't think anyone on this show is on definition with Jim Perry, but sadly, who knows? Who knows? Well, but definition that... would have been canceled right about this time. Oh, okay. yeah. The penultimate episode, episode twenty-three. Who am I this time? Robert has a bout with amnesia after a wrestling injury and shows up at school dressed as the masked maniac. Oh no! Trope, 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 trope. We've all been there. And finally, episode twenty-four. Robert faces commitment. Carol's plan for a romantic weekend with Robert go awry when he's scheduled to wrestle. How is Robert going to be in two places at the same time? Adios mio! Thank you, Luis Avalos. Santa Barbara! Santa Maria! What is this, the beach report? Oh, Uh. fudge. So, yeah. We talked about how the show's connection to the to the National Wrestling Alliance for Class Promotion. And actually, Lyle Alzado appeared on the NWA's Clash of the Champions 2 event to discuss and promote the sitcom. And by the way, guys, it's funny that Lyle Alzado was on Clash of the Champions 2 because you know who was on Clash of the Champions 1 as a guest judge? Rick Flair sting match. Mike, are you sitting down? I'm sitting. Ken Osmond. Ah, jeez. You're going to have to explain that one, Greg. Oh, yeah. Ken Osmond. Because Ken Osmond, what was on TBS at the time in 1988? Yeah, the new Leave it to Beaver. The new Leave it to Beaver, yeah. Or whatever it was called. The new Leave it to Beaver was on TBS at the time. So that's why he was there. But you know who else was there as a judge? Gallagher. Oh, I can you imagine if Gallagher was in wrestling? Can you imagine? Who says, who says, hey, anyone can be in wrestling. Just ask Alex Trebek, this guy. But yeah, <laughs> who else was there with Ken Osmond? Jason Hervey. Oh, yeah, Wayne from the Wonder Years. Yeah, who actually has done television production work with Eric Bischoff. Yeah, like uh, like I think I think they worked on Hogan Knows Best together. Ah, uh, rubber. Yeah, but yeah, we were talking about yeah. Remember how I talked about how uh how how j- about the joke about Jim Crockett with uh poor, with poor pay. Yeah, this was around the time where like Jim Crockett sold the uh promotion to Ted Turner around like late 1988 
because the NWA was spending money left and right. They were spending money on like private planes, jet setting all the wrestlers and everything. And they were buying like all sorts of territories. Like they bought like, um, they bought like the floor, they bought the Florida promotion down there in the Southeast. They bought like, um, they bought, Bill Watts Universal Wrestling Federation in the Mid South area. They they were just buying, they were just spending money left and right, and it was just, you know, it was too much to keep up. So they bought the company Ted Turner, and they changed the NWA to WCW, and then thirteen years later. WCW would be bought by Vince McMahon and the WWF and the rest is history. Oh, and, and now it, now as of last year, Turner's now back in wrestling, of course, with all elite wrestling AEW. So, you know what I think we should have guys a learning the ropes reboot. Yeah, we need a learning the ropes reboot. Well, we already have that sort of learning the ropes reboot. If you count John Cena on, are you smarter than a fifth grader? No? Okay. Wait, who? Never mind. Anyway. Hey, I, I I don't know who you're talking about. I've never seen him. Nobody. Nobody has. Nobody's ever seen him. So yeah, Chico, I think we should have the Learning the Ropes reboot with the stars of AEW. I you could have like you could have like John Moxley, you could have the young bucks, you could have Kenny Omega. You could even have like a special episode with like Orange Cassidy. Now that you think about it, they they kind of sort of already rebooted it. If you've ever seen the, well, actually, no, it's it's only this. It's only similar in that there's a wrestler and a family involved, and that would be the big show show on Netflix. Oh yeah, future installment, the big show show. Man, future that's installment, a, the big show show. That's the second time we've worked the big show into this episode. Yeah. <laughs> He needs, to, he needs to come up with a... Paul White needs to come up with a work that isn't an easy pun. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, the big boss man, like, took stole his dad's casket. Right? Yeah, I know. That'll be, a, that'll be in a future episode, the big boss man's 1999 WWF heel run. The greatest heel run, I might add. He was, he was just, a, he was just, the big boss man in 1999 was a straight up dick. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Make it, make it, uh, make it fun of the big show for being a bastard and then feeding Al Snow his dog. That happened, folks. One thing I want to add about learning the ropes is the following clip, and this comes from the Kayfabe Commentaries Timeline of WCW 1988 DVD with Sean Oliver as he interviews J.J. Dillon, the legendary manager of the Four Horsemen, as he talks about his experiences on learning the ropes. Produced in Toronto. Yes. Did you do any of them? Yeah, I did an episode. Okay. One of the early episodes. How does this deal come to fruition uh, where the Crockett's would be supplying talent? I don't remember what the initial connection was, but it was, again, you know, you, you, you grow and you expand and you want to do other things. And the thought of supplying talent 
uh, f for this thing. I went up there, and I think it was like a four-day thing, and got to be around Lyle Alzado, a great guy who, you know, uh, he got very sick and, and died a horrible death, but it was great to be around him. And I, the one episode, I think I still have a copy of it somewhere, where uh, I was a wrestler who's, who... Uh, uh, moonlighted as an artist, you know, love, you know, and I don't remember how it all came out, but Lyle Alzado was a school teacher during the day that wrestled with a mask. That was the premise, and and then all of the the stories involved that where uh, he didn't want anybody at the school to know that that's what he did. Did you feel a little bit of a betrayal because here is for the first time, certainly for you, for the first time, you're participating in something which says it ain't what you think it is. Even no. if we already knew? No, never no. thought of it that way. Okay. I mean, I had a dream career. If I could sit down and say all the things that I wanted to do and accomplish in the places that I wanted to go, uh, I really did it all because I was very lucky, had a lot of help, right place at the right time. Uh, being on a, on a television show, even if it was one episode in a series, was a new mm -hmm. horizon for me. A lot of guys have been in movies, and I was never one of them. I remember the, a bunch of guys in Amarillo early in my career uh, worked in a movie, and they left me in Amarillo because I was working the main events at the time, and they couldn't afford to. So I was disappointed that I didn't get to be in that movie. Would like it someday to mm -hmm. be in a movie, some minor part. There's very few things that I haven't accomplished, but it's always nice to have like a, was it a would it be a bucket list or a wrestling? A I, don't have a, I don't have an action figure. Right. It's the only thing I, I don't have. And I would have thought, and, and at one point, um, wow. the WWF slash WWE had a thing with Jack's toys that yeah. I think is now expired, but um, nobody ever said so, but apparently uh, there had to be approval from Vince and I was not on the best of terms with him, so it never, it never got done. Um, maybe, maybe because of that. And I've had people say, "Wow, I can't believe that they could have marketed a horseman set, but there isn't one of you." Uh, yeah, I would have thought it's a business decision. And so, yeah, there's very few things that the I, Almighty Buck didn't yeah. even supersede uh, the personal like whatever. To be, like to be in a movie someday, and maybe before I before I go to the great beyond that uh, there, there may be a J.J. Dillon action figure. You hear that, Mattel? We want a J.J. Dillon WWE action figure. Just before I go get my dinner, I have one thing to say, guys. I know what this is. CBS Price is right. It's time for eBay Prices Right, bitches! No, it's time to end the show. Oh. oh. <laughs> this is, is another Vince Russo swerve. Bro, uh, they, everyone was thinking about learning the ropes that Mike was going to go straight to eBay prices, right? But bro, bro, they've, they've already heard about the mass maniac. They don't want to hear anymore. They want to go straight to the prugs, bro. Well, what Greg's trying to say is it was a thing on TV. That's right, bro. Yeah, and I'll admit, I did legitimately look to see if there's anything on eBay, but nope, there's nothing related to the show on eBay, to everybody's surprise. You could have at least tried to find the NWA Mel Yellow cans if they were on eBay. That was a thing that actually happened. I was going on eBay, I searched NWA Mellow Yellow, 
Oh no! Did you find I, did, something? I, I, I didn't find a can. I found an NWA mellow yellow baseball cap. What? I'm listening. I'm not kidding you. Uh, actually, I found a number of them. Well, these are all sold. Uh, Every one sold for 1919. The cans, oh my gosh. Ones with Barry Windham and Larry Zabisco sold for $12. Oh, wait. You know what? The that... ones with Ric Flair and the Road Warriors sold for 20 20 Well, you know what I got to say about that $12 price for that can? Somebody get me a banana. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll make banana flavored mellow yellow. Who knows? Oh, that's disgusting. But anywho. Duck. Yeah, that, that that that'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. But anywho, uh, don't forget at our website at www.itwasthethingontv.com, we have over ninety episodes. We're getting close to a hundred. Uh, we're about a month away from that, so I can't wait for that uh, to, to happen because we got some big stuff that's going to come down uh, the pipe with that hundredth episode. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to rate and review. Uh, we appreciate five-star ratings. Uh, four, we might acknowledge you if we see you in public, but five is how you really get to us. Uh, you, you get our, our, our love and affection. And uh, don't forget to share because sharing is caring, and uh, we want people to find out about this little show. Oh, yeah. Oh, and don't forget uh, our weekly drops over at Place to Be Nation Pop. Uh, last what do we have this week, Greg? Well, Chico, this week at Place Beneath Pop, we got the collegiate sitcoms of 1979, as well as After Mash. Yeah. So if you missed last week's episodes, go over to Place to Be Nation Pop and listen to them. That's right. A fun, I gotta say, last week's two episodes, those were the best two episodes we did back-to-back. Those, Those are the best two awesome. episodes we've done in the last two weeks. Those were that. Was, yep. And, oh, then oh, the next episode. And the next episode is oh, something God. that you know what Mike's been waiting a long time to talk about this show because it involves two of his favorite things: game shows and math. Yeah, I was bored to death watching this. Those are two of my favorite things. I think you ought to just okay. First off, I think right now you ought to just apologize to the girlfriend since she wasn't on the list. Oh, you know what, Laura? I am sorry. I am sorry. I love you. I respect you. I respect Mike for respecting you. But yeah, I think she'll forgive you. But yeah, he likes game shows and math, and we're going to talk about both of them on the next show. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Plus, also we get into a little bit of psychology and. Yeah, there's different ways of looking at uh, this uh, show that we're going to cover on Thursday. Um, but yeah, Greg did not like it. Chico didn't like it. I did, primarily for the math and the, the psychology. But yeah, y- your mileage may vary. You'll just have to wait a couple of days to figure out exactly what we're talking about right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. <laughs>